Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Mother's Day, how exciting. We get to celebrate the most important women in our life. True. Do you know, maybe you've never given birth to a child, but you have a mother's heart. Maybe you mentor people. You train people, you love people, you teach people, you care for people. Anyone who makes a difference has a mother's heart, really. That's what mothers do. So this morning, I know you've already made noise for mums, but I think we need a really, really, really big noise for those incredible women that have impacted your life. Come on. I want to hear a big noise. So good. And so good. We all have mums, we all have aunties, we all have sisters, we all have grandmas, we all have spiritual mums. And let us never ever take them for granted. So this morning, I hope that you've already been spoiled. I was spoiled this morning. My husband even put the alarm on a little bit earlier so I could get the presents. Thank you, babe, but I could have had another 10 minutes, would have been nice. But if you haven't told your mum you love her today, make sure you do that. Make sure you do that. Men, I can see you scrounging around sending a text right now because you've forgotten to text it. Make sure you text your mum today. It's important that she feels special. Do you know, last week, Pastor Miles was with us and he shared an incredible message. I listened to the podcast and we always love having Pastor Miles and Bonnie come and be with us. They are great friends of this church. They are great encouragers of this church. Most importantly, they are very big encouragers of Pastor Bronson and I and great friends. So we just love having them with us. So, and we missed you last week. We weren't here. Felt a bit odd not being at church. I can see the smiles. It wasn't that great not having us here. I'm sure you didn't enjoy it that much. But we took the weekend off and we went to Bendigo for four days. We were meant to go to Italy last year, so we went to Bendigo instead. Four days in Bendigo. It is such a pretty, pretty town and I think autumn helped it so it's in its beautiful glory right now and we just had a great, great morning and I just want to appreciate all the team that made last week happen. You may think it just happens, it doesn't. So give yourselves a clap for last week. We thank you so much because if you weren't here, we wouldn't have been able to go away. So we just really, really appreciate you. I'm really looking forward to sharing something with you today. I'm really believing that God is going to speak to some people's hearts. Do you know, this message isn't just for women. It's for men too, for all ages and all stages of life. So why don't we just pray this morning? I just thank you, Father, for every person in this place today. I thank you, God, as I share some vulnerable moments of my life, that it touches people's hearts, that there is something for everybody here today. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that your presence is amongst us, to anoint my words and touch people in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Do you know, so for those of you who don't know me here today, my incredibly handsome husband, Bronson and I, have been married for 22 years. And I, and I don't look old enough to be married 22 years, I know. But we have been married 22 years. And we have three amazing children. Joelle, who is 14, Ethan, 12, and our little surprise package, Roman who is four. Yes, yes, woo. It's always woo when Romans are around. Do you know, I'm Italian, so I grew up in a typical Italian home where there was always visitors, the oven and the stove were always on and full, 
food boiling, food in the oven. The table was always set. Everyone was family. People were always dropping in. There was lots of noise, lots of activity. The doorbell was always ringing. That's the type of family and life I grew up in. But who knows now when the doorbell rings in my house, we all look at each other. What am I wearing? Who's at the door? Shh, be quiet. Shush, shush. They might not hear. Stay away from the windows. No, I'm just kidding. But it's, it's different nowadays, isn't it? When the doorbell rings, it's a little bit different. We're not used to getting visitors impromptu as we did. But as a kid, that's what our life was like. There'd be always someone coming, dropping in. The, the cafeteria, which is the coffee, was always boiling on the stove because someone was popping in. So that's what my life was like. My personality feeds off being around people. That's who I am. I love it. Do you know, at work, with friends, being part of a church community, family, I'm energised by people. I do like my downtime too, but I am energised by people. And yet in all of this, I distinctly recall a time in my life when I felt a deep sense of loneliness. A deep sense of loneliness. It was around the time that my second child, Ethan, he was seven. You know, my marriage was going great, and it still is for everyone who's wondering. <laughs> my kids were doing well. My relationship with God was strong. My job was good. I had a great family. I had just renovated our home, so I had a nice house. We were about to become pastors. Things were great, but I constantly felt alone. Do you know, and I'm not sure if anyone can relate today. But maybe you've had seasons like that in your life. Do you know, you're surrounded by people all the time. Spouses, children, work colleagues, family members, friends, church, some group. And yet, even though you have all these people in your life and surrounding you, you can still feel alone, empty, unseen, or maybe unheard. And you know, this can happen at any stage. Woman or man, young or old, married or single, successful or barely making ends meet, loneliness can happen to anyone. Do you know, it can happen as we transition through different seasons. We're leaving school, we're starting a new job, we have children, those children get married and leave home, you leave home, you're in retirement, loneliness can happen at any time. You know, maybe you can't relate today or maybe you've never experienced this. And I pray that you don't. I pray you don't. But one day you might. So maybe this message is for someone right now or maybe it's for someone in the future. So, you know, in my moments of loneliness, I discovered some things I want to share with you today. If you're taking notes, take this down. Number one, God sees you. Do you know, one of the things of loneliness is feeling unseen and unacknowledged. It may not be real, but that's your feeling. You know, we all want to be affirmed and we all want to be acknowledged by others. It gives us this sense of belonging. You know, this real heart longing that we have can only be met and satisfied in the truth that we are known and seen by God. It's the only place we can meet that longing. Now, there's a story of a woman in the Bible who can relate to this, and it's the story of Hagar. You may, know not, you may not know this story, so I'll give you a bit of background. Hagar is the maidservant or slave of Sarai, so the wife of Abram, who were later Sarah and Abraham. Abram and Sarah are old and desperate to have a child. 
So Sarai, she offers Hagar to her husband, Abram, to bear an heir. It's not unusual in those times, but crazy, hey? Just give your husband over to a maidservant to have a child. Suddenly what seemed like a good idea was not such a great idea. Because now that Hagar, she became pregnant, so the maidservant became pregnant, conflict started to arise between the two women. Surprise, surprise. We never saw that. Hagar started to despise Sarai and Sarai responded by mistreating her. And it caused Hagar to flee into the desert. She finds herself alone and we're going to pick up the story from here. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. Otherwise, the scriptures will be on the screen for you. We're looking at Genesis 16, 7 to 16. And it says, The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Beer Lahay Roy. It is still there, between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old, dear Lord, when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So firstly, ladies, who wants to be told that the, who wants to be told that the child they're carrying is going to be a wild donkey? <laughs> Sorry, totally unrelated, but I just thought that funny. Like, thanks God, my child is going to be a wild donkey of a man. Anyway, the angels in this scripture, they ask two questions. And these questions are important. The first question, because it shows the heart of God, the first question the angel asks is, where have you come from? Looking at Hagar's past. The second question he asks is, where are you going? Looking to Hagar's future. Do you know, notice Hagar, she only answers the question that she's running away from Sarah. She answers the question about her present. Doesn't talk about her future as to where she's going. Why do we think that? Well, maybe Hagar doesn't believe she has a future. Do you know, she's pregnant. She's alone. She's in the desert. She's got nowhere to go. She's got nowhere to stay. No one to provide for her. Have you ever felt like that? Your situation seems hopeless and you can't see any way out of it? I'm sure you have. I hope you haven't, but I'm sure there's a lot of people here who have. Do you know? And then the angel goes on to promise her that her descendants will be too numerous to count. This shows God's heart even further, showing her God is setting her up for her future. Not sending her back to her defenselessness, but with strong promises. God saw her misery and he saw her pain. She then names, names God the God who sees me. In Hebrew, this is El Roy. 
Do you know, when God sees us, he doesn't just see one part of us. He sees the whole picture. He looks at your past. He looks at your present, your current day. And he looks at your future. He's interested in all of it. I think we need to understand that today. He's interested in all of it. He saw Hagar's misery and he responded. He met her in that place and he made himself known to her. He can do that for you today. He can make himself known to you. Do you know Psalm 33, 13, 15 says, From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. God is always watching. That might scare some people today. <laughs> Just kidding. He sees you in those joyful moments, in those moments when you're crying yourself to sleep at night, in those moments when you are filled with excitement, in those moments when you're anxious, when you're sad, when you're scared, when you're hurting, when you're laughing, when you're having the best time of your life. When you feel alone, God is always watching. He's looking down from the heavens and he notices you. Someone needs to hear that today. He's noticing you. He loves you. He's interested in you. Do you know, you can love people but not be interested. God is interested. There's a difference to God's love. He cares for you. He's for you. So important. He's for you. And he sees you. Number two today, God is searching for you. Do you know, God is so amazing that he not only sees you, he's looking for you and he is searching you out. I'm not sure if you can comprehend that today, but the God of the universe is looking for you individually. Do you know, all the way back to the beginning in Genesis, we see God searching for us. In Genesis 3, 9, it says, But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? This is the first question that God asks in the Bible. Do you think that's not important? The first question he's asking is, Where are you? Adam and Eve have just eaten the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge that God told them not to eat from. And I know the men are saying it was you women who made him eat it. It's okay. <laughs> so God's walking through the garden and he calls out to Adam, where are you? Where are you? This is a glimpse of God's character and his longing heart. You know, it blows me away to see how much God longs for us. If you ever sit down and just think about that, from this point on, right from the beginning of man, he's always searching you out. Right from the start, he's chasing after you. Like that guy who doesn't leave you alone, girls. Chasing you. Chasing you the whole time. He wants a relationship with you. Showing you that you matter. You're important to him. Psalm 139.15 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. 
You know, God doesn't just see you or search for you. He knows you. He knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your desires. He knows your hopes. He knows your dreams, your fears, your hurts, your past. You may feel alone, but still, there is someone who knows you better than you know yourself. He is continually with you. Do you know, perhaps you're here today and you may have never known that God has been searching for you. You didn't know. It's not that he doesn't know where you are. It's that you didn't know you were lost. He knows you and he wants you to know him. At the end of my message today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get to know God. Another thing that I also struggled with is, number three, God says you are valuable. Do you know, one of the side effects of my loneliness was self-worth. I found that feeling alone, unseen, really made me question my worth. It was a big struggle for me. And not in my notes, but it really came about the time when we were starting to take on the church, pastoring, and my mind couldn't get my head around the fact that I was going to be a pastor. Love the thought of it, but to me, my, I had thoughts in my mind is, what am I going to give? What have I got for this role? My husband's amazing, he's got you know, all this talent, but I didn't see myself like that. I didn't see myself in that position. Now, God will use anyone, clearly. And he anoints you to do what he needs you to do. But that was a point in time, that was probably that point where I was like, what am I doing in this space? What am I going to add to this twosome thing here? So that's where my value really, if I really am honest, that's where I started to really feel my worth. Questions. You know, maybe you've also faced this. Another area that many of us men, women, young or old, face is about your worth. What's my value? Let's be honest, we ask that at all different points of our life when we go through all different stages. And it's not a monetary value. It's much, much deeper than that. You'll never understand your worth, though, unless you know where it comes from. If you don't know where that worth comes from, you're never going to understand it. And how do I know that I'm valuable? Well, maybe if you ask certain people, they'll ask you, you know, what does your social media account look like? They'll have a look how many followers I have. They'll check out my Pinterest board. They'll check the quality of my Instagram stories. I have none, so t- clearly I'm... Uh, check the labels on my clothes. Maybe they'll have a look at what car I drive. They'll look at the postcode that I live in. They'll have a look how much money is in my bank account. They'll have a look how handsome my husband is. The answers to that list should establish my value. True? Wrong. I'm thankful that I at least established one of those things and that's the handsome husband. So I got that one. That's right. But where do I turn for my worth? God's word. That's where we turn for our worth. We discover that we are created in God's image. Your value and worth begins in the fact that you are made by the creator in his very own image. That is a blowing away thought just right there, that you were made in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26, 28 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and of, over all the creatures that move along the ground. 
So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We see here that our value and our worth is connected to our creator. Do you know, if God is of great and inestimable worth, it's a big word, then we made in his image must also be of great value. If God is God and he created us in his image and we look to God and say he's amazing, he's great, we are, not, are we not the same value? We are not God, but we have that same value because God deemed us so valuable to create us in that image. Do you know, an artist doesn't put their name to something when they're not happy with what they've created. Let's be honest, you'll see artists will paint things and so forth and if they don't like it, they'll scrap it or a potter will do something, they don't like it, they'll scrap it. You see an artist's initials on the bottom of a painting or you see a sculpture the only time that an artist will present something is when they are proud of what they've produced. It's the only time it'll hit an exhibition when they're proud of it. So God not only put his initials on you, he makes it like himself. Is that not amazing? It must be pretty precious and pretty significant to him. Pretty significant. You are valuable. Do you know, God only, not only made us in his image, he went one step further. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. All life originated with God. But only human life began with the personal breath of God. Can you fathom that today? Can, you, can we get our minds around that today? God created everything. He only deemed one of his creation to be worthy of his breath, to bring life. He breathed in the nostrils and we became a living being. I just... I just find that amazing. I find that amazing that we are the only part of his creation that he breathed into. If the keys would come, that would be great. The Bible also highlights that Jesus paid a price for you. This is why we're here today. The value of something is determined by the value of what someone is willing to pay for it. Do we know that today? You know, we see in the property market, and we know we've got families here looking for a home, a house is listed with a price value of 400 to 500k. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? But someone comes along and ends up paying 600,000. Or maybe the same house gets passed in at auction. No bids at all. The house is only as valuable as people are willing to pay for it. And you know, society tells us that the things of high value, of high cost, Things that cost us a lot, prestigious cars, diamonds, nice house, designer clothes, whatever it is that's on your wish list there. All of those are what determine value. But what God was willing to pay for you, how valuable did God see you? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Matthew 20, 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. God paid a high ransom for your life. He paid a big, big price for your life. His only son. His only son. Could you imagine mums here today? You had to make a decision and you give your only son. Just, just think of that, the heart that must have been behind that. How much he must love us to say, I'm going to sacrifice my beloved son for these people who may never, ever want to know me. Can we, can we understand that? It's not that he did it because he knew that he would then have a relationship. They may never, ever want to be part of him. How, how mind-blowing is that? Do you know, he, not, he, he sacrificed his only son. He was beaten and battered. And we need to remember today that that was for you. It was for you, for every single person in this place today. Do you know, he didn't think at any time that the cost was too big. He knew the only way back to restore relationship with you was for his son to pay the ultimate price. Do you know, and I thank God, I thank you, God, that never at any point did he say, oh, actually, too much, can't do this. Never at any point did it even cross his mind that he would think that I'm not worth that. So worth it. Just on the chance that I may accept him and want him to be part of my life. On that chance, that is how valuable you are today. For some of us, you know, having to get up early is paying a high price. Come on, church. I'm talking to us today. Let's just get real. Like, let's get real. We see things as a high price. I've got to get up. Oh, I've got to spend an extra 10 minutes doing that. I've got to go and hug that person. I've got to go and kiss that person. I've got to go and say, come on. God died for you. Do you understand? That's price. That's ultimate price. Get out of your lethargy of life and start realising someone did something much greater for you. You can shake those things off. Sorry, that was Pastor Gabby coming out then. But it just makes me realise the things that we put in our way to say, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that. I thank God that he never at any moment had those thoughts when he thought about wanting to have a relationship with me. And even putting his son on that cross, nails in his hands, scalp mostly torn out by that crown of thorns. He didn't stop. At any moment, he could have sent the angels down and destroyed that. At any moment. But no, he kept going. Not too big. Luke 12, 6, 7 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God? Why even the hairs of your head are all numbered? Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. When you know where your worth comes from, your whole perspective changes. You start to walk upright in the confidence of who you are and whose you are. Whose you are. Our affirmation doesn't come from our husbands. It's nice, though. Keep doing it, babe. From our wives, from our friends, from our partners, from our siblings, from our parents, or even our bosses. It doesn't come from there. 
It comes from the one who created you. That's who it comes from. Do you know, as I start to finish up today, maybe some of what I resonated with, maybe what something I shared has resonated with you. You've had periods of loneliness where you felt all alone, unheard, unseen. Or maybe you're in a time of your life when you're questioning your value or your self-worth. Can I really encourage you? Look to God. Open His Bible and read the truths written on its pages. Do you know, feel God speak to you through the Holy Spirit and His power. And when you do that, you've got to claim and declare God's promises for your life. They were put there for a reason. They were written for a reason. Declare them. Own them. Own them over your life. See, it was in knowing these promises and spending time in reading God's Word and learning about the things that He says about me that I came to realise that my loneliness was a lie. It's a distraction. There was no truth in those feelings I was feeling. Nothing at all. And my breakthrough came when I allowed myself to believe His promises, regardless of my feelings. But I also had to open my heart to the fact that God sees me. And not just sees me, He's always searching for me. And always has been from the beginning of time. Where are you, Gabby? Where are you? Someone has to hear that call of God today. Where are you? And he says that you are valuable. And in the midst of being lonely and seeking God's truth, not only was my mind renewed to God's truth, but something else happened. I discovered I was pregnant with Roman. And now I'm never alone. (laughs) Never, ever. (laughs) But honestly, I'm not saying that Roman was God's answer to my prayers of loneliness. But I do know this. When Roman was born, I felt a sense of God seeing me. Searching for me and telling me I was valuable. God sees you. He knows your heart. I didn't want to have another child. That's not what God saw me for. But God saw something. He needed to fill something for me. And Roman was maybe what God thought. Maybe I needed that. Maybe I needed Roman. But God saw me in my pain. Could you give me something easier, God? That's okay. That's okay. Do you know, as I close today, someone needs to know that, that God sees you, that He's searching for you. That, that noise in the Garden of Eden, where are you? That's for you today. That's for you today, 2021, in this auditorium. God is saying, where are you? Where are you? 
because he says, you are so valuable. I send my son to die for you so that I can have relationship with you. Where are you? I want to spend time with you. Why don't we close our eyes this morning? You know, maybe you're in this place today and you've got this sense of loneliness. Or maybe you're questioning, what's my value? What's my self-worth? I just want to encourage you today that you are created by God. He breathes His life into you. You are valuable. You are loved. You are precious. His promises for you are yes and amen. He has big promises for you. Just like Hagar, she was a maidservant. In the ranking, she was nobody in that household. But God saw her. He saw her in her loneliness, her desperation, in her misery. God saw her. So today, if you're in that place, I just pray that you lift your eyes and realise that God sees you. And he is, he never turns his back. He never closes one eye and just looks. He is searching for you the whole time. So I just pray for anyone in this place today that is having issues with value, self-worth or loneliness. I just pray the truth and the promises of God over your life right now. I speak the Holy Spirit anointing that you are created magnificently like your creator. You are of such great value. You are loved. You are worthy. Those promises are for you. Declare them over your life today. And perhaps, as I mentioned earlier, you never knew that God was searching for you. It's not that he doesn't know where you are. He, doesn't, he didn't call out to Adam and Eve because he didn't know where they were. He didn't do that. It's that you didn't know you were lost. That's why he calls. He knows you and he wants to know you. He wants you to know him. And he does this through his son, Jesus. And to do this, it's a really simple prayer. God can't make it any easier. It just amazes me. He does all this work and he makes it so simple for us. So simple. And all it is, is Jesus, I want to know you and I give you my life. So today, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus and you didn't know you were lost, you didn't know that someone's screaming out for you, where are you? You didn't know, but you feel a stirring in your heart today. I want to know this person who gave his life for me. I want to know where my value comes from. I want to know where my worth comes from. I want to know this God that breathed his life into me. I want to know him. It's as simple as I give you my life. And I just thank you, Father, for every heart in this place today. I thank you that my words, Lord God, have just not only spoken to minds today, but it's spoken to hearts. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you just stir those thoughts and those promises and those truths for someone today. If it's not today, that they hear it in the future. If someone listens to the podcast in future, God, that something stirs in their hearts. 
that they know, that they know, that they know that their God is for them, that God sees them, that God sees them as valuable and He loves them so much. And I just thank you for that. In your mighty name, amen.